here's a little something just in time for Father's Day coming up this weekend. But it's good for any time. Feel free to replay this episode for your husband, your boyfriend, your fiancé, your partner, anyone you love who struggles with guilty parent syndrome. Hi there, I'm Tracy, and this is the Essential Stepmom Podcast, your source of unconventional advice and inspiration for the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. Is it really an art? You bet. Nobody pops out of the womb with an instinct for step-parenting. It's something you practice and get better at, like anything else. And if you found this podcast, it means you're smart enough to look for someone who's been practicing the moves for a long time to stand in your corner and coach you through it. I'll share my wins, my missteps, and my analysis of what worked for my family over the last 14 years and why it could work for you too. If you like this stuff, don't forget to subscribe. And you can get more of me at EssentialStepMom.com. What I want your spouse to know is that guilty parenting is not a crime. If you feel guilty, it's a sign that you're a good person. You have empathy. Guilt is actually a healthy emotion. It's supposed to help you modify your behavior to push you to do better. We all feel like we've let our kids down in some way. We feel guilty for the divorce that messed up their lives. We feel guilty that we can't spend more time with them, that their standard of living has been affected. Maybe even that you had kids with the wrong person, whatever. What we don't want to do is let guilty feelings keep us from being the kind of parent our kids need and really, really want. We want to allow guilty feelings to lead us to double down on our commitment to our kids, to make it up to them, whatever it is, by being 100% of the dad they need in whatever percent of the time we get to be with them. We don't want to fall into the trap of trying to make it up to them with stuff. Believe me, they don't actually want stuff. And they also don't want to be the boss. It's not a secure place for a kid to feel like the boss of the adults in their life. They want to be taken care of, to feel taken care of, in just the way that they need. They need to see you in all your integrity. And guilt is just the thing to push you to do that, to do it for them. Does your partner complain that you don't follow through with your kids enough? Maybe you're agreeing to certain rules or consequences with your spouse that aren't actually aligned with how you want a parent. And you know what? They're your kids. You get to mess up with them. It's your right. And you get to decide how you want them to turn out, not her. They're your kids. And your partner loves you and wants your kids to see the best of you. And we all sometimes avoid the hard work of stepping into the best parts of ourselves. It takes a lot of effort. It's not easy. But here's the thing. Nobody else can do what you can do for your child or your children. Look, nobody complains to their therapist that, that their problem is that they never felt like they could ever be good enough for their little league coach or their boy scout leader or their third grade teacher or the dad next door. We all spend all our lives trying to win the approval of our parents and nobody else. Your kids are hardwired 
to want to please you. You simply need to learn the trick to hacking into that desire and using it. You owe it to them to do that. If you're a guilty dad, you're a motivated dad. I have three easy steps for you that are designed to help get you out of your own way and to renew your confidence in your ability to parent the way you really want to, even through the disappointment and challenges of separation or divorce. Step one, don't change a thing. See, I told you the steps were easy. (laughs) Without changing anything about how you interact with your kids, just start to become aware of what you're already doing. You might know this, but the best coaches of people like high-performance athletes and business leaders don't even tell the players or sales associates what to change. They just get them to pay attention to what it is that they're already doing. So here's a little exercise. When your child is misbehaving or annoying you, what do you feel in your body? Which times of day is your child more likely to be more cooperative or more disruptive? Do you prefer to have some routine and structure in your family life, or do you like to just go with the flow? Maybe you're a permissive parent by nature. It's actually good to learn about the four main parenting styles. That could really help you to figure out how you want to parent and how you approach it naturally. Step two. Sit back and let your child do the talking. Just be curious. There is nothing more seductive than someone asking you questions about yourself. In fact, studies have been done that show that your chances of getting hired at a job interview increase when you ask more questions. And your chances of getting to a second date with someone are higher if you just ask more questions on your first date. If nothing else, just Repeat what your kids say back to them with a sort of question mark at the end. Keep them talking and keep asking questions. Kids, like all people, want to be heard and understood. It's important to notice when you're zoning out. It doesn't work so well if you're asking questions while you're looking at your phone. It's kind of giving that opposite impression from the one you hope to give. You want them to perceive that you're interested in them and the rest will fall into place. So here's a little exercise. Try and catch yourself zoning out when you should be listening or asking questions. What's your go-to escape hatch? Your phone, the TV, a book, work? How does it feel when you keep yourself present? Do you feel bored, frustrated, restless, annoyed, reminded of your ex? Be curious about those things too. Notice how you feel. When you shine a light on something, when you look at it, it has a fundy tendency to just melt away over time. Step three, stop thinking about punishments and instead focus on follow through. What's the difference? It's subtle, but really important. You have to understand that kids don't learn to do better because of the intensity or severity of a punishment, but by seeing you acting to keep them in line. Think about it. 
Think back to a time that you were punished. Did you learn something from it? Did you actually respect your parent more for punishing you? Or did you just learn to be afraid of them? Or worse, maybe you learned how not to get caught. As the parent of a child with two homes, you're constantly having to walk a fine line between holding limits for your kids and making them just tell their mom that they don't like it at your house. Or if they're teens, they might start to say that they don't like your rules and they don't want to come over anymore. There are really only three reasons to discipline your kids. For safety, to build confidence, and as a way of giving life guidance. Everything else is just noise. You don't have to discipline your kids in the precise way that you were raised or in a way that makes your partner happy or anybody else. Your job as a parent is to keep them safe, whether that's preventing them from running out into the street without looking both ways or teaching them how to resist the addictive pull of gaming. It's your job to help them feel supported so they can challenge themselves in sports, in academics, in relationships. And of course, it's your role to point them in the direction of their greatest potential and to keep pointing them there again and again. The way a good coach keeps you focused on effort and excellence more than on just winning the next point. I like to say that you can change the paradigm you're working with. You don't have to draw a line between good and bad behavior. You have to draw a line from here to where you want them to end up. And your job is to keep them walking on that line so that they're always walking in the direction of becoming who you hope they'll become. When they fall off the rails, it's your job to get them back on track. But a micro-movement will do the job. I actually have a free handout with some suggestions for micro-rewards and mini-consequences that you can get with the link that I'll put in the show notes. I'll mention it again at the end. You know what they say, you don't take out a sledgehammer to swat a fly. It almost doesn't matter how tiny the consequence is, it just has to happen consistently. Have you ever trained a dog or seen somebody else do it? You don't offer a dog a steak to do all his tricks in a row. You give them the tiniest little treat every single time. It's so small you wonder why they even care about it, but they do, it works. As for dealing with infractions of rules, like not doing what you want them to do, you don't even have to come up with the consequence. The kids will do it themselves if you let them, but not in the heat of the moment. Find a time, like a family meeting or a quiet time together, to ask them what they think is the right consequence for doing or not doing X, Y, or Z, and then follow through. How much screen time do they think is just the right amount? This is the time to negotiate, not when they're sitting in front of the device. What should happen if they sneak more time or fight about getting off? Decide together now, and then just go back to that when you need it. How many hours of sleep does a child of their age need? What time do they want to wake up, and when do they need to go to bed to get enough sleep? Should they get extra time on the weekend? What should happen if they don't get ready for bed in time? These discussions actually serve all three of the reasons for discipline. They keep your child safe, they show them how to make good decisions, and it holds them accountable to demonstrate your integrity.
This is what you want them to do for themselves when they eventually go out into the world without you. I'll share a little story with you. When my stepdaughter came to live with us at age 16, she was sort of hopelessly addicted to online gaming. We didn't have so much of a problem with the activity itself, but she had been staying up all night to play and then not getting up in the morning to go to school. The first night she was here, I overheard her say to her online teammates, okay, I have to stop now. My dad is gonna turn off the internet at 11 o'clock. And there was this unmistakable sound of like pride in her voice when she said that, like someone is looking after me here. Someone is protecting me from my own addictions. My dad is a really good guy. And by the way, he never had to actually pull the plug on the Wi-Fi even once. Although he did once flip the breaker and turn off power to the whole house when his older son tested that 11 o'clock rule. The number one thing that will let you step into superhero parenting is to show your integrity. And that simply means do what you say you're going to do. And do it every time. You don't have to be an ogre. You stay open and loving. But you hold your ground. And you start by offering something as a little reward. Ideally, something involving your time and attention. You don't even have to take the whole thing away if they don't comply with the behavior you've asked for. But you're always ready to try again to help them do better the next time around. So in short, change your thinking about punishments and try micro consequences and tiny rewards that you can feel good about following through with. And to recap, the first step in overcoming guilty parenting is just to start observing yourself. Pay attention to how you feel when your kids are acting up, to what you're thinking when they push your buttons. Be more curious, ask more questions, and don't allow yourself to escape to your phone or the TV when you feel uncomfortable. Don't just give up on parenting and then have even more to feel guilty about. Be serious about connecting with your kids. That's the thing that's priceless. That's something that nobody can ever outspend you on. If you'd like some quick tips and sample phrases to get you started, you can grab my free cheat sheet called 100% Dad in Half the Time. The link is in the show notes and you can also get it at EssentialStepMom.com. That's all for this episode. If you're enjoying this, remember to subscribe wherever you're listening. Did you know that we're being heard in 48 countries now? There are other curious, forward-thinking stepmoms like you in every corner of the world, and you can help them find us and join our community by leaving a rating or a review. That's how this podcast will pop up when they search stepmom advice. Someone did that for you, you know, so pay it forward. I also have a little Facebook tribe, which I guard against bashing like a pit bull with lipstick. It's a friendly, 100% positive place. And if that's what you've been looking for, we'd be glad to have you there. Just send a join request to The Spectacular Stepmom. Personal one-on-one support is available by visiting my website, 
EssentialStepmom.com. And did you know that I have a Facebook community for the dads? There were, there were so many guys asking to join my Facebook group called The Spectacular Stepmom that I decided to make one for the dads, and it's called One for the Dads. So if you'd like to join, just uh, send a join request on Facebook to One for the Dads. <laughs>